I'm really excited about that. We're meeting for four hours, three days in a row, and then the rest of it is just kind of hanging out, culture building. Laying by the beach. There'll be a little bit of that. Is that It'll... what you call culture building? Drinking and laying by the well, beach? Well, last time there was some dancing and oh, there some you go. videos of dancing that I'm never going to share. So. <laughs> Welcome to Making Chips, where I love our intro song, so let's hear it. If the sound of a machine tool removing metal gets your blood pumping, then you are Metal Working Nation. This is Making Chips, where we talk all things metalworking, engineering and design, production and tooling combined with business best practices, technology, marketing, news, and new media for manufacturing professionals. Here are your hosts. Let's make some chips. Hey guys, it's Nick and Jason recording live in cold Chicagoland O'Hare area. Yeah, we're at Zenger's. Yeah, it's not the best weather here today. And I'm Jason Zenger, since you didn't introduce me. Well, we're at Zenger's with Jason Zenger. <laughs> and yeah, we're staying warm inside, but the drive here kind of sucked. And I'm excited because I'm leaving the country. I can't take this weather oh, anymore. man. Well, I am a little bit jealous that you are going to be going to some sunny weather soon. Yeah. But I actually... My wife just last night booked some tickets for us to go to a very similar place to what you're going to. Have you noticed how expensive flights are? I actually haven't because my aunt, bless her, has been like doing this for the whole trip. We so, got a lot of people going. To I this just remember thing, so. when you could fly from like Chicago to Cancun for say two, three hundred bucks, three fifty. Now it's like. $1,100, $1,200. And so my wife, last night, she's been checking flights like multiple times a day, and she just hit it at the exact right time, and the price dropped by 50%. And you made an impulse decision. And she just go. booked it. Well, because we already had the hotel. And so oh, she cool. just booked it. And she told me this morning, she was like, I got these tickets. They were super cheap. And I checked those exact same tickets this morning, and they were double the price of what we just paid. Yeah. Because what happened was Frontier Airlines, which was one of the kind of cheapy airlines, but they opened up a new flight. And so like when they opened up the new flight, because she was like, there's only like five seats taken on the whole plane, the price was more reduced. Frontier sucks. Like they probably dropped the price by half and it's like $200 per bag. No, no, no. They, no, the price that she gave me included all the bags oh, and really? everything. Wow, yeah. Cool. So sorry, Frontier, if you're listening. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, so yeah, we got cheap flights, so I was very happy about that. So that's kudos awesome. to my wife for putting that all together. I just hired a guy in Colorado and he covers Utah too. Yeah, that's gotta be tough for like traveling salespeople and everything. Yeah, well, I saw a flight from Denver to Salt Lake for like fifty eight bucks on Frontier. Wow. Yeah, that's pretty cool. So the reason we're talking about all this travel is because and I've hinted at a few times I'm I do this annual sales summit, and that's what we're going to talk about in this episode is like what we do there and what I'm hoping to get out of it. And hopefully there's some good takeaways for our audience here as they plan their growth for the year. But we always do news and we're going to do something different. We're about to do a lot of different things, aren't we, Jason? Yes, we are. So you'll see a lot more community as a theme for making chips. And we're going to bring in a lot more personalities and When we think about news, instead of an article this time, we're going to introduce a new segment, and it's called, Where in the World is Tony Gunn? Where is he? I don't know. We're going to find out. We're going to call him. This man travels more than anybody I know, so it'll be funny to see where he's at. He was just in Chicago hanging out with us a week (laughs) ago. That's when we ideated this whole thing. So let's ring him in. Hello, this is Tony. Tony, what's up? It's Nick and Jason. What's up, Tony? 
Nicholas, Jason, what's up, my friends? How are you? I'm good. How are you? Happy and grateful, man. Enjoying life. We are in the middle of a podcast, so you are live on Making Chips. Yeah, where in the world are you, man? You know, you actually caught me at home. How fun that we get to be live on Making Chips. What a great show. Thanks for giving me a call, guys. Appreciate it. Yeah, so we actually caught you at home. Like, you're never home. (laughs) Well, I did have about a 19 or 20-hour transition out of Canada yesterday, and I do leave again on Saturday. But I'm actually moving house at the moment from West Palm Beach down to Boca Raton. So I have about 48 hours to do that before hitting the road again. Oh, that's a quick move, man. (laughs) Well, we've hired some people a lot stronger than me to do it. There you go. How's manufacturing in Canada? Oh, they're so optimistic about it. I was actually right in the middle in a place called Regina. I'm not sure if you've heard of it or not, but in Saskatchewan. And Aceto brought me there to film an automated cell of welding where they have really clever welding guys there. Guys have been welding since seven years old, and it's a very highly populated indigenous community. So a lot of indigenous people there and a great story. They worked with Aceto and Fanic and took two-month projects and turned it into two weeks by automating the mundane or what do they say, the three Ds, dull, dirty, and dangerous, right? And then allowing the welder, the professional welder, to really fine-tune it and make it to perfection. So a great story coming out. That's awesome. Yeah, that is awesome. It's good to hear that. And that is a great story about Canadian manufacturing and working with the indigenous people. But when you were saying some of those Canadian names, I felt like you were swearing at me or something. (laughs) I I felt that same way when I was going up. I looked at these guys and I was like, uh... These are really the names? These are the names you guys came up Okay, sounds good. <laughs> yeah, it's interesting you talked about automated welding because that's something we're, we're definitely looking into. We do a lot of welding at Hennig and adding some robotics to it is an interesting journey that we're headed down. Well, there's definitely some great partnerships and companies that you can work with on that. With making chips being as popular as it is, uh, just having this brief conversation, I'm sure there's people listening going, I'm going to call Nick right now. You probably get some emails and phone calls in the next two, three minutes going, hey, man, I heard you're ready to automate it hitting. Yeah, that's awesome. So where are you heading on Monday? Headed off to St. Louis to work with our friends over at Edge Technologies, talk some bar feed stuff, then off to Indiana, then we got some stuff down in Mexico, and off to California with Citizen. I mean, it's nonstop, guys. I hope we get to make this call a lot, because A, you guys are super fun to talk to. This is a great show, and who knows where in the world you're going to catch me. Well, I know, and we've talked a lot about this new model, the community that we're bringing into it, the guest hosts. We're going to have to literally catch you to bring you on as a guest host because you're all over the place. You told us how many times you flew last year. I can't remember the number, but it was in the hundreds. It was, yeah. You've had quite a few flights yourself, but uh, yeah, with United alone, it was 129 flights was the email they sent me to say, good job, buddy. Let's see what 2023 has in store. Wow. Um, And to be fair, guys, I actually have a lot of clients and filmings in the Chicago area, so I might slip over your way and pop in and surprise you in person one day. Oh, that'd be amazing. We'll have a drink at the Boring Bar, dude. Yeah, that is not so boring at the Boring Bar. And if I remember correctly, last time we had dinner, we were talking about a really clever idea of maybe having a couple of drinks and see what kind of information we can get out of each other. Yeah, so just as a little preview, the new At the Boring Bar series is going to be several manufacturers sitting around a table to discussing the industry around a couple bottles of whiskey. It's going to be a mess. For those who are tuning <laughs> It's going to be a happy mess. Enjoy the first 20, 30 minutes or so, but then the last 30, oh my goodness, what is that going to turn into? We're going to be good boys and girls. Maybe not good, but we'll have good editors. No, no, I think we should keep it all. We have to keep it all. The whole point is to see how much fun we can have while having drinks. I mean, we all do it there in the go. privacy of our dinner tables and exactly. business meetings. 
And if we're intelligent enough and clever enough to just randomly bounce from subject to subject with kind of what we do anyway, I can only imagine how entertaining that's going to be. Oh, it's going to be fun. I'm really looking forward to it. Maybe as much as I'm going to enjoy the scotch. (laughs) There you go, man. That's great, man. Hey, you've got to move. And you only have 48 hours to do it, so we will check in with you again and figure out where in the world is Tony Gunn. Uh, Guys, you are both amazing. Thank you so much for giving me a call. Let's do this again as often as you like, and please keep up the great work. This industry needs voices like yours, like making chips. You're both incredible. Thank you so much. Yeah, thanks for you too, too. You're the man. Thanks a lot. Cheers, guys. See ya. I love that guy. Yeah, he's fun. So he's like always like that. He's like I know. always oh, yeah. like he's a authentic. presenter. Just the way he speaks, he's dynamic. I got to tell you, the first time I met him, so he lives in Florida, right? Right. The first time I met him, he like appeared at this restaurant dressed in all white, like linen, like something out of a boys to men video. When you say he just appeared. Like an angel. Oh, okay. And got it. it was just like, That's oh, all right, this is the only time I've had a business dinner with a manufacturing person who's like, Wearing a totally white linen like, pants and stuff. Like nice. living the linen beach suit. life. Yeah. So it That's was really so funny. Cool. Yeah, really he's good. a good dude. He does a lot of great things for our industry. Yeah, for sure. So let's dive in. We're going to talk about what I'm hoping to accomplish from the next time I'm in a tropical place at this sales summit I'm about to leave for. Yep. And I didn't really connect the dots, but it's very similar to something you talk about all the time with this where, where, where right. thing. Yeah, where we've been, where we are, and where we're going. Yeah, so what it is, is it's a way to structure up how you're going to communicate the vision for the company. So before you get to the where we're going, which is the actual vision, you should talk about like where we've been, what you've accomplished. It's kind of like you're telling the story of the company, like you're reading a book. I wrote a post about this on LinkedIn just recently too, which we can reference. But And then the where you are now, that's kind of like the state of the company where it's at right at the moment, where your sales are, how people are feeling about the company, maybe what the current issues are right now, what we're really happy about, what we just accomplished. Could be new clients, could be new products, whatever else it is. And then the where we're going is that's the vision. That's the end of the story or the end of that book in a series of books where you're going to be going to. Sure. Yeah. And it's crazy because like I didn't think about it till after it was all done, but the flow of the sales yeah. summit, like the deliverables of what everybody has to present, it follows that same format. Yeah. So, so if you haven't communicated a vision for your company, you should, first yeah, of all. Yeah, for sure. And if you want a really easy way to do it, just open up a slide deck and just have three slides and just put it on there. Have a conversation with your team. Exactly. Hey, Jason, what's the first thing you think of when I say the word setups? You're not making chips <laughs> yeah, and you're right. not making money. Yeah, exactly. It's one of the biggest battles that can hold you back as a manufacturer. Absolutely. So enter the Lean Setup Guide from ProShop. Okay, what's that? This guide can help anyone, whether you're a ProShop user or not, but ProShop users have experienced a 50% reduction in setup time because the software builds these lean principles into their process. Yeah, so it's a totally free download. You can go to ProShopERP.com slash 50 and you can get your copy of the Lean Setup Guide. Bam. So this is going to be our second annual sales summit. It's something I remember my dad doing with his executive staff when I was a kid, and then we just quit doing it for a long time. And I've brought it back. And the first time since I brought it back, we had a great time. Like People were just raving about it, how good it was. You got all these people. Well, you're in Mexico, right? I mean, what's not to be happy about? But I said if all it was was like fun and vacation, then it would be a failure. Of course. And we got all these guys, and I've been talking about these sales guys I've hired, and our team is so broad that they never really get to come together and we let them bring their spouses and everything. So culture building was great for the first one. 
the presentations themselves came right after we did this big restructure and we created the regional sales director position and a lot of things changed in terms of like our model. Right. And so we didn't go so much and talk about like how we were going to get to the destination, how we were going to hit our target. And that was some of the constructive criticism we got. A lot of what we presented was like, here's my region, here's my key accounts, like this is what we're doing. Here's the past history of sales from my business unit if they were a product manager. And so it was like... So you did like the where, where, but not the third where, which is the most important one. (laughs) Exactly. It's almost like one of the things I was going to say about the where, where, where is, I mean, you could talk about it in terms of so many different things. You can talk about in terms of sales. You can talk about in terms of the machines that you have. It's like, how did we start? Well, the where we've been, we're on Bridgeport. So where we are now... Maybe we're running three axis machines. The where we're going, maybe it's going to be five axis with automation. I mean, right. you can keep it as simple as that. Absolutely. Just give your people hope. That's what it comes down to. Yeah, no, 100%. And, and give them a place in the story. And then execute it differently. So for sales, like I took the where, 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 and there's deliverables attached, right? So we've been working on what everybody's going to present at the summit for like six weeks, mm-hmm. at least. And so the past one, what I'm asking for them is like trend out your sales trend out kind of how your business unit has performed. Right. And I should have said like there's a team like a head of a business unit and then two of the regional guys are all working on a team to create this presentation. Mm -hmm. So as they look to the past, it's like, okay, well, we were here. We went up. We went down with COVID. We went here. We went here. And that's cool. Like it's interesting. It's good to report on. It's like we said in a previous episode, it's a glance in a rearview mirror. But I don't want that to be the focus of the summit this year. It's supposed to be the shortest part of the presentation. And the focus within that part should be on what we call like the VOC win-loss themes. Mm -hmm. So voice of the customer. Why are we winning orders? Why are we losing orders? Like that's historically like where have we really succeeded? Where have we fallen short? Yeah, you're a sales guy. So that's what you're always thinking about. Yeah. So why do we win? Why do we lose? So after that, after the past where, what we're doing with the current where, like where we are now is two different things. They've got this big assignment and we're calling it like the CIA, the Competitive Intelligence Agency. And these guys are like doing really, really hard work to produce a competitive matrix. And we don't want it to be opinion-based. So take the product group and then take the five biggest competitors. And where do we stack up when it comes to the technology of our product, our pricing, our sales network? Yeah. So I've seen those kind of things like push out on a grid and stuff like that. That's exactly what it is. And then you rank your position one to five, five being really strong, one being really weak. And you understand where you are now as it compares to like everyone you're competing for that business. Right. And then you need to look at it and say, well, which one of these is the biggest issue? What do we need to change? And that's where you can figure out where you're going. Yeah, exactly. And so it's not easy to get answers to these questions. Like you got to somehow get competitive quotes like you against the other guy and you got to dig. And when you're talking to your customers, you got to ask specific probing questions to try to build this out. That's exactly why we have the team. We have the head of the product group and then we have some of the regional guys who actually have these accounts and they're all kind of working together to produce that. So I'm really looking forward to reviewing that. And the key with all of this is to inform what you said is the most important part. And we totally agree. Like the, where are you going and how are you going to get there? Right. But there's something even more important than that. Okay. Well, I don't know if I would call it more important, but if you only stop at where you're going you're going to fall short. And that's 
I created this document. It's called like the vision to action document. Okay. You told me about this. You need to take action on your vision. That, right. And when you cast out a vision for like three to five years, that's a long ways out. And you need to say to yourself, okay, well, how do I break this down into smaller pieces? You almost got to break it down from like three to five year vision to a week. Like, what are we going to do this oh, week? Man, I love that you're saying that. And it could be simple things. I mean, even if your business isn't as like complex as yours, there's still ways you could do that. You could do it by department. You've got a finance department. You've got an operations department. You've got a sales department, which could be the owner of the company. I feel like I'm hearing my friend Barry Walters Jr.'s voice in my head right now. You guys always talk about mills, not lays. And I would think in my head, if we're running turning centers, maybe how do we start up a Swiss machining division or product line, whatever you want to call it, start going after that business. So there's a lot of ways that you can look at this, but it's important that you need to make it actionable too. Yeah. Okay. Don't just set the vision and run. This episode's called plan the work and then work the plan. You know what I mean? So like how we're going to do that with that third deliverable, the where we're going is a roadmap. Right. Yeah. So what I call vision to action, yeah, you're calling it a roadmap. Yeah. Well, just the way we're accomplishing it, like kind of the format and the format's inspired by like, I don't know if you've ever seen like a product roadmap where you see Mm -hmm. kind of like a timeline and we're going to release this and we're going to release that. Ours isn't just about the product itself. It's about how we're going to hit our target for the end of the year. And so there's kind of like a series of steps for how they're going to accomplish this roadmap. And the first step, you already talked about it, but like break the elephant down into bite-sized pieces. Yeah. So you take your goal, it's a $10 million goal or whatever it is, and you say, okay, how am I going to hit that number? It's going to be $2 million here. Maybe it's this region. Maybe it's this product line. They're going to break it up differently by business unit because all of my business units are different. But that's step one. Break it into like parts. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, my vision to action document, it's not that complicated. It's basically, it's on one piece of paper and there's six squares and the top left square is the vision in three to five years. The one next to it, because I try to make that vision sound really cool. And then the one next of it is I made sure that I turned that each of those nine points of the vision into actionable objectives. Sure. In the next three to five years. Yeah. And then I took those actionable objectives over the next three to five years. And those actionable objectives are basically like the fun sounding vision made into like a smarter goal. And then I took that. And then the third box is our annual goals. So it's like, what do I need to achieve in a year that's going to bring me towards yeah. what I'm achieving three to five years? The annual goal, the next box is going to be the quarterly rock that's going to move us to the annual goal. And then after that, we've got the monthly milestones for the quarterly rocks. And then we've got the weekly to-dos that lead us to the monthly milestones. And you're just breaking them down into pieces and it's just in this like six boxes. And you just keep track of that as you go along. It's the same kind of concept. Break down a big goal into different parts. And I think one difference is our roadmap is just for the year. It's how we're going to hit the target for the year. Okay. We also do like the EOS stuff where you've got like a three. We don't do 10 year. We do three and five. Yeah, I just do three. 10 is like... I do three, two, five. That's like an eternity, you know? But okay, so let's say you've broken down your goal into parts. The next step for them to get through the roadmap is like, what are the themes that have to be true? So I said, like, you're standing at the end of the year, you hit your goal. Like, what were all the themes that had to be true? And what I mean by theme is it's not like a specific initiative with a start and an end, but like, we need to diversify into a new markets. Mm-hmm. How do you start and stop that? Like there's a lot of things that are attached to that. Or we need to be a more responsive company and whatever it is. So they list out the themes. And then the next step after that is like start thinking about all the different functions, business functions that you need if you're going to hit your goal. We have regional salespeople. We have product leaders. We have an engineering and operations team. We have a supply chain group. We have our marketing 
team. And so those are all like the different business functions. And each of those functions has certain initiatives that they're going to need to accomplish if you're ever going to hit your goal. Mm. And this is where you start going from like, okay, yeah, we have this target. We know where we want to go. Like in the GPS, we know where the destination is, but here's the route we're going to take to get there. Right. And so it's like, okay, let's say marketing has three major initiatives that they need to complete. This is where it starts to get more project oriented. Who owns it? What's the due date that it needs to be done? Yep. And you're starting to like get all the puzzle pieces for putting the roadmap together. Yep. Because you've got your goal broken up. You've got themes, which we use as like labels in our software system where we map this all out. And then we've got specific initiatives that have different time durations. Some of them can be done like concurrently at like while this function's working on that. Functions working on project managing it. Yeah, yeah. It's a a roadmap's kind of like a it's more high level than like a Gantt chart. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? But it's structured similarly and we use Trello to do it. It's like a project management tool. You need somebody that's gonna hold everybody accountable too. Exactly. Which I'm not very good at that. We have somebody else, Mike, on our team that's gonna be holding everybody accountable for meeting these objectives. Yeah. So I think the key to that is not to just set it and forget it. We've done these annual business meetings and presentations my whole career. And so so many times it's like, okay, I did my presentation. I turned in my 25 slides. Yeah, now, like, now I'm going to go gonna back to what I was doing. Just do what I yeah, do every exactly. day. Right? And so when it comes to the accountability, the reason we're using Trello is Trello is how we do all of our weekly meetings. Right. It yeah, could, so it you could need be a spreadsheet. It can there. be whatever. Trello is not the point. But we like Trello because every project in there has an owner. It's got a due date. It's got ways to comment about like where we're at with that project. And we use that these roadmaps, we'll look at them in our monthly meetings. So like if we're on track towards our target, we'll be like, yeah, look, we're doing the things on the roadmap. That's why we're on track. Right. And if somebody hasn't even started, you need to have a conversation. Yeah, if we're off like, track and the roadmap the is like three months behind, we shouldn't be surprised that we're off track. Yep. Or if we're like totally on track with the roadmap, but we're not hitting our target, well, like if, to use the GPS metaphor, like maybe we need to reroute and right. get there a different way. Yep. And so that's what I'm Or restate your destination even. Give yourself (laughs) permission to change things. Right. Adjust the goal. Yep. So we really don't want to do too much of that unless we have to, because if you're always changing your goal, like it's like a moving target. Right. But we may have to do that. There might be something like a COVID could happen or whatever. Yeah. And we might want to do that. Instead of driving to Chicago, I'm going to drive to Nashville. You know, you just never know. (laughs) Well, you never know, but you might. Yep. (laughs) Jason, what's up, man? What's up, Nick? Take a guess. How many buyers do you think are on ThomasNet? I don't know, probably a million. It's actually 1.5 million. Nice, that was close. And they use Thomas to source suppliers just like you, man. Yeah, they're looking for cutting tool suppliers like me and also manufacturers like the Metalworking Nation. And I actually know a bit about Thomas. And one of the things I really like about it is the supplier analytics dashboard. You can see which companies are actively sourcing what you offer and gain insights into market demand, buyer intent, and comparative benchmarks and much more. And it's awesome that it's free, to claim your profile. So you can make sure you're listed the right way, your company information is accurate, and the message that you're sharing with these buyers is exactly what you want them to see. You do this at thomasnet.com slash claim. But if you want an edge over all the free listings, you can consider a registered listing, and we have a special Making Chips deal for our listeners. Yeah, so let me tell you about that. Listeners of Making Chips get an 25% off the annual subscription with the code CHIPS25, C-H-I-P-S-25. Bam! So anyway, we'll map it all out on a roadmap. We'll make it visual. And I told the guys, like, you need to be able to communicate it in 90 seconds. And you need to be able to communicate it in 45 minutes. There you go. What I mean by that is like, if it's 
too complex and there's like tasks and to-dos all over the place and it's not organized where you get a minute with my dad and you can be like, yeah, here's how we're going to hit our target. Then you need to simplify it. But if all you have is that, then it's like, well, who's yeah. going to do what? By yeah, me? exactly. So I'm really excited. About no, that, that sounds good. We're yeah. meeting for four hours, three days in a row. And then the rest of it is just kind of hanging out, culture building. Laying by the beach. There'll be a little bit of that. Is that what you call culture building? Drinking and laying by the well, beach? Well, last time there was some dancing and oh, there you some go. videos of dancing that I'm never going to share. So. Yeah, that's fun. I mean, like you got to be, and that's a whole nother episode of making chips, but you got to be able to do those culture building things, which will definitely talk about in the future. Yeah. I mean, I think... But you're doing work there. You don't need to go out of the country to do what I just said. You don't need to do it exactly like how Jason did it or how I did it. I'm just sharing... Look, it's my job to set a vision for sales and how we're going to hit our target and yep. build a, a way to get there. I can't just plan the work. I got to work the plan. There you go. And what we always say is, like, if you don't plan the work, you're not making chips. And if you don't work the plan... You're not making money. Bam. See you in a few weeks. Yeah, have fun. Thanks for listening to the Making Chips podcast. Jim and Jason knew that the metalworking nation, the community of world-class makers, needed to commit to a new way of leading to stay ahead of the competition. So, Making Chips was created to fill that void, to give you advice from other manufacturing leaders who can push you to take action. Your manufacturing challenges have a solution. And many of them are at makingchips.com.